This Week in HPC. Obama creates executive order for supercomputing. And Intel and Micron unveil new memory technology. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman, and This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. Michael, we've been on hiatus. How's it going? Yeah, we've taken a few weeks off in the middle of summer, but uh, yeah, we have some news that, that queued up for us nicely, and uh, I think we'll try and catch up this week. Yeah, as we expected, uh, the you know August time frame was a little slow on the news side, but uh, we did have a couple of big stories that we need to go catch. In particular, the most intriguing is a new executive order from President Obama creating policy for the United States around the path to exascale. Yeah, very supercomputing-focused executive order. In fact, maybe the only one ever delivered. This is establishing what he's calling the uh, National Strategic Computing Initiative, NSCI. And it's about ensuring that the U.S. continues to develop and, and lead in the supercomputing field uh, in the in the coming decade, uh, something that uh, I think a lot of people in the government feel like we're slipping behind some of the other nations, with China in particular, and possibly Japan. But uh, this initiative looks to sort of put us back on track and get us uh, get our exascale, in particular, our exascale project back on back on track. It was a very strongly worded executive order and well entrenched in the language of HPC and supercomputing. It almost made me, well, in fact, it did make me wonder who authored it, you know, who actually sat down and, and wrote this. I, I have to confess to not knowing, um, but, but it does lay out a couple of uh, specific areas of policy and implementation. In the policy section, the first section, some of my favorite points, uh, there are four numbered pieces of policy. One, the United States must deploy and apply new HPC technologies broadly for economic competitiveness and scientific discovery. Two, the United States must foster public-private collaboration, relying on the respective strengths of government, industry, and academia to maximize the benefits of HPC. Three, the United States must adopt a whole-of-government approach that draws upon the strengths of and seeks cooperation among all executive departments and agencies with significant expertise or equities in HPC while also collaborating with industry and academia. And four, the United States must develop a comprehensive technical and scientific approach to transition HPC research or hardware, system software, development tools, and applications efficiently into development and ultimately operations. Michael, what do you think of those? Well, I mean, when you when you read them, it, it sounds pretty much like boilerplate government policy towards HPC as existed for, you know, maybe decades. The only slight departure here, the thing that might be a little bit new, is that this whole of government approach. I mean, they've they've sort of toyed with this in the past, but mainly uh, sort of the default position was each agency sort of did their own supercomputing strategy with the DOE in the lead, and then the DOD, and then the others sort of followed suit. Here, it looks like they really want to pull 
uh, a lot more of the agencies together and and sort of share the the knowledge and wealth and and put a whole strategy together that that's not siloed in in the different agencies. You know, I'm not sure that that's even that different either, though, because it identifies the lead agencies as three lead agencies for NSCI, the, right. the DOE, the DOD, and the NSF. Well, those are the three we would have looked to to lead the way anyway. Right. And then, you know, we have the foundational research and development agencies with IARPA and NIST. Well, they would have been the R&D agencies anyway. And then everyone else gets to be what they call a deployment agency. What really I want to see is how this is going to be implemented. When you get down to section four, there's an executive council that needs to be called together that's going to draw from all of these different departments. I want to see who's on that executive council. What what are they specifically tasked to do and do they have money for it? Right. I think that's those those are some of the, the critical questions here, especially the funding. The, this uh, this initiative says nothing about funding. In fact, it says the, the the plan put forth by the executive council through these agencies is is subject to to funding appropriations, which of course is controlled by Congress. But I think the purpose of the executive order is to put this in motion, is to get. Um, Sort of the the agencies unified in this council on the path to to putting together a plan that that is reasonable for the U.S. to execute over the next ten to fifteen years. Well, and, and that fifteen year number you used comes up in the uh, in the objective section. You were right. pointing out that there there is a comment about fifteen years. Yeah, in fact, that's one of the most interesting. Uh, Parts of this, I think. I mean, it is an objective, but they want to establish over this next 15 years a path forward for HPC systems. Even it says, "quote Even after the limits of current semi-technology, semiconductor technology are reached." Obviously, they're talking about the post-Moore's Law era, and I think this is really the first time the government has has sort of codified that in, into a strategy. They're thinking beyond Moore's Law and thinking what's going to come not just not just to exascale, but during the exascale era and after Moore's Law sort of runs out of steam. What What's the strategy they're going to put forward for that? That's, that's sort of an interesting uh, thing to be thinking about now, and I think it's a, it's a really good idea because it's not that far away. You know, it, it is interesting. It is a good idea. In general, I like the language that's here. I don't think it's a lot different than the generally agreed upon language we would have used at a, at a trade show conference right. or, you know, talking about it at the HPC Advisory Council or at ISC. I mean, these are the themes that we've been on yep. for the last couple of years. Signing them into an executive order from the president, that's certainly compelling. But, you know, the, the next question is, what does that mean practically? What are we going to do that's different because it's an executive order before uh, the compared to before when it wasn't an executive order, but everyone in the industry was saying the same thing? Right. I mean, I think that is the question. I mean, the executive orders for people who are sort of not familiar with them can be done by the president, the current administration, um, without congressional approval. But to put this this particular project uh, in motion past this planning stage, they're going to need Congress to presumably appropriate funds and, and to sort of direct the appropriations to to, to implement all this. So um, I, I think I'm, I'm just impressed that this has gotten the attention at, 
the highest level of the U.S. government, and now there's sort of a uh, you know a moonshot type strategy to to get this moving. Whereas before it was sort of each agency was sort of on their own, and it was a sort of a patchwork of of strategies by each agency that was going forward. Well, yeah. The the one qualification I would put on that is you say the highest level of U.S. government. Obama isn't a king, right? It, right. He can't do something just by fiat. And if there's money involved, the money means Congress. And this Congress hasn't shown a great deal of willingness to do things just because Obama said so. Yeah, well, that's, right? that's true enough. I mean, the other alternative here is, is, you know, not much money has to be appropriate. They could just reallocate resources and, and do this from from what's already in the, in the current budgets. Now, that's very unlikely considering the scope of what's being proposed here. But uh, if, if they want to fiddle with it like that, that some of that at least is possible. It's possible. And so, you know, my analysis of this is great executive order. I can't wait to see uh, NCSI rolling forward, but I, I really want to see that executive committee and uh, and what uh, what resources it has in, in order to really, uh, where, where the rubber meets the road, as they say. I agree. I hope this is not the last we're going to hear of this. <laughs> well, speaking of future technologies and companies involved in the post-Moore's Law era, there's another product announcement as well involving new memory technology from Intel and Micron. Right. These two have partnered before, so it's not too surprising they're going to come out and unveil something like this. But what they're what they've unveiled here is very interesting. It's a it's a jointly developed sort of memory device called 3D Crosspoint. They they spell it X point, but it's pronounced Crosspoint. Um, that was three weeks ago. Uh, before the the current uh, this week's IDF uh, Intel Developer Forum that took place, but they they fleshed it out a little bit more at I, IDF, and they even branded a name for the initial products that are going to come out with these uh, this memory technology with SSDs and some memory DIMMs. Um, what it is, or what they've revealed so far, is it's something like uh, it's a, it's a non-volatile memory that's not NAND. And it acts more like DRAM in, in performance and speed and uh, and, and uh, maybe pricing to a certain extent. Or actually, it's, it's probably more like in between NAN and DRAM and pricing, but it's much closer to DRAM and speed, which is sort of a holy grail for a lot of these memory tiering uh, technologies that want to speed up the memory pipeline, but uh, they don't. They don't want to sort of suffer under the, the relatively slower speeds of, of NAND uh, technology as it exists today. Yeah, tweener products aren't always necessary out on the market, but in this case, what you're really getting at, to me, this follows on a lot of the trend we've seen toward more in-memory computing. We've seen right. a resurgence in shared memory architectures, large memory configurations continue to be on the rise. There's more and more desire to fit entire databases in memory or entire models in memory so you can operate on them more quickly. Right. This new technology, while it's not as fast as DIMMs, it does offer a lot of capacity, and it's a lot faster than thrashing out to disk. Right. It's saying even even faster than, than solid state, uh, NAND solid state, it's a thousand times faster, or up to a thousand times faster than NAND, uh, which makes it about 
an order of magnitude slower than DRAM, about 15 times slower, but it's much closer to DRAM in speed, and it's it's 10 times as dense, and presumably the price point is is going to be uh, much more attractive than, than straight DRAM. So, if they've got the price performance correct, it could be a, a very interesting technology for a lot of the industry, including the server side in, in HPC. And you were saying they've named an early deployment of this. Is that the Optane product? Right, the Optane branded product. They're they're coming out with starting uh, in 2016 sometime. They're going to have some SSDs uh, on the consumer side at least, and then memory dims. these 3D crosspoint memory DIMMs for for a Xeon-based uh, server-type platform coming out probably in the same near the same time frame. So that would be the ones that uh, that our HPC friends would be very interested in. And uh, you know they haven't talked about price or exact performance. So I think that's sort of the where the devil in the details is going to be. Is 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 it really something that's going to be advantageous? Because it is going to introduce sort of this intermediate tier that between two technologies that people are already using to tier uh, this data access pipeline. So, um, we'll have to see how it it, uh, develops as they put out this first product, but it looks very interesting and uh, quite new. I mean, we we didn't talk about what the technology was because they haven't talked about it, but it looks like something akin to a phase change memory or or something analogous to that. Uh, It's not NAND at all, and it's certainly not the the DRAM-type technology. Well, it certainly is capital on a lot of the trends that we've identified in the market, looking at uh, everything around high-performance data center, from from traditional HPC out through big data and hyperscale uh, markets. This idea of having, uh, you know, re- reducing the the time for accessing data. Uh, if you had a memory bottleneck, then uh, right. this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, the three applications they talked about in the presentation at IDF, and this, these were just examples. They say these are not the only three, but they talked about gaming, high fidelity pattern recognition, as in as in like things like speech and image recognition, and then uh, genomic analysis as, as something that would uh, specifically be accelerated by this type of uh, memory device. So, uh, sort of in our, our ballpark there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those are our HPC applications that we track as part of our methodology. So we'll keep our fingers on this one. Okay, yeah, very interesting, and yeah, see it going forward. We'll we'll see it as early as six months from now, and uh, see if anybody picks it up as an HPC vendor. All right, Michael, well, we're wrapping up the summer, and this week in HPC is back in business. We're hitting the road to a lot of great places. Next week, I'll be in Brazil for the HPC Advisory Council meeting, and you'll be at one of those in Spain and uh, later uh, later on in September, as well as the, uh, H- the ISC Cloud and Big Data Conference is all coming up. Yeah, a lot of travel, and then leading up eventually to ISC coming in November. So, yeah, we'll... Can't wait. All right, thanks a lot, Michael, and thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to this week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, 